And I'll read from verse 14, James chapter 2 from verse 14. Speaking on what I've titled intelligent faith, wisdom for execution. Intelligent faith, wisdom for execution. Intelligent faith, wisdom for execution. And we're going to be reading from James chapter 2. James chapter 2 and verse number 14. Glory be to Jesus. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. If it does not have works, is dead. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word this morning. Lord, in the brevity of the time that we have, we ask that your spirit will breathe upon it and every one of us and grant us illumination and understanding. And as we raise our voices to you to pray this morning, let there be open heavens and let requests be granted in Jesus' precious name. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Works there speaks of corresponding action. Corresponding action. Or, in another way, positive action. Positive action or corresponding action. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Is dead. Many people have the kind of faith that puts all the responsibilities on God. We must renew our minds from the miracle mindset that says or that suggests that God just make things happen. And we don't have to do anything. It's just for God to do everything. I believe in miracles, and as a church, we believe in miracles. Even in the last about 20 days of this year, we've seen all kinds of miracles. And we see miracles all the time. But we also believe in the operations of intelligent faith because we believe that's how to work with God responsibly. As Africans, we're quite used to black magic and juju. And the operations of black magic, juju and all those things, is very capricious. It's, you know, you can just do anything. Yeah, it just happens. And sometimes we have that kind of mindset about God. That God just does anything. He can make anything happen. Which to a very large extent is true. But God delights in engaging us in the process. He delights in engaging us in the process. Every time you trust God for anything, you must be willing to ask yourself, what is my corresponding action in the operation of this 
faith that I'm releasing? What is my corresponding action? Is there something that God is expecting of me? When Israel left Egypt, after over 400 years of slavery, they had been robbed of their self-esteem, capacity to think properly, capacity to take responsibility for themselves. God rescued them with miracles, with very heavy divine interventions. And they got used to it. They just felt like that's how it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. They prayed to God for freedom from the Egyptian tyranny. But what they did not expect is that freedom will come with a price, with a burden. The burden of freedom, ladies and gentlemen, is responsibility. Like I said in the first service, sometimes my daughters ask me or demand for stuff, ask for some level of freedom. They want to go out, they want to hang out with friends, they want to do this, want to do that. When I say no, they ask the question, why? Yeah. I say, because I'm the father, I'm the dad here. Yeah. As long as you are under my roof, don't judge me yet. Because some people are saying he's looking at me as an African dad, you know. Uh-huh. You know, there's a concept of the African dad that is the king of his house. That's not the one I'm talking about. As long as I take responsibility for your school fees and your feeding, I have, I must have certain rights to determine how some things will go because you don't have the capacity for that level of responsibility. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. So if I say you're permitted to go out at this time and come back home at this time, when you are able to fend for yourself, you can go anyhow. But now, <laughs> that I'm the one taking all the responsibility, I must determine the level of freedom. <laughs> the gist of my story is this. You want more freedom, take more responsibility. It's as simple as that. The burden of freedom it's responsibility. Israel left Egypt. They got into the wilderness. Their journey was very long because we we're not ready to take any responsibility. Yeah. God feed us. God part the sea. God, you know, God must do everything. Yeah. God supplied manna to even tell them, go and, go and fetch it was a problem. It's as if food must be coming into their mouth. You know, left to some people, God should do a miracle where you don't have to eat again. You'll just be growing fat on your own. Yeah, that's how some people want life to be. Yeah. So, so that even the process of carrying food, cooking it, preparing a good menu, and putting it in your mouth can be a miracle. If it's left to some people, yeah, everything should just be a miracle. <laughs> Praise God. So we must renew ourselves, our minds from the miracle mindset that suggests that God must make everything happen. So don't have a one-dimensional view of God. 
that only sees God from that point of view. God wants to engage us. He wants to bring us into a process. That's why the Bible says faith, when it's without works, is dead. One thing that I realize is that intelligent faith brings wholesale miracles, not only retail. I'm going to explain what I mean. Wholesale miracles. We're going to look into the story of Noah very soon and you understand what I'm saying better. Because that's what intelligent faith does. When somebody becomes painstaking enough, diligent enough to want to engage God through a process, we engage intelligent faith when we embrace faith-inspired thoughts and action. Faith-inspired thoughts and action. We know that you know, God wants to do something. We want to know how he wants to do it and what he wants us to do in the process. Let's read from Genesis 6. Genesis 6 and verse number 13. Genesis 6 and verse number 13. And I believe somebody will understand what I'm saying better. This is the story of Noah. A man that the Bible reckons with in Hebrews 11 has been one of the heroes of faith. But I will tell you today that Noah understood the concept of corresponding action and how to engage God through an intelligent process. Noah had the responsibility to preserve the human race and all the animals. Some of us here will take responsibility for industries in 2019 and beyond where God is depending on you to preserve a whole industry with the wisdom that he's going to give you. Some of us are already taking responsibility for a whole family. Some will take responsibility for an extended family. Yeah. Some of us will take responsibility for, you know, plagues, diseases, trying to ravage a whole generation. Take responsibility for mindsets that needs to be destroyed so that a generation can be preserved. Some of us here will have to take responsibility for the political system in Nigeria so that development will not continue to elude us. That's what I'm talking about. So you need to see yourself as the Noah of today that God wants to instruct to build an ark that will preserve a generation. And how does that happen? It happens through the operations of intelligent faith. The Bible says in verse 13 of Genesis chapter 6, Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. This is instruction. This is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its width, 50 cubits. Its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark. You shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the window, I mean the doors of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower second and third deck and behold I myself am bringing flood waters 
on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on, on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, your son's wives with you. And of every living thing, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark. To keep them alive with you, they shall be male and female. Of the birds, after their kinds, of animals, after their kinds, of every creeping thing of the earth, after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Verse 22, the last one. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. What do you call this process? Just reading this passage alone, some things will flow to the surface in your mind if you're thinking the way I'm thinking. And that is that. The person that will engage intelligent faith is the one that has, has developed the capacity to hear from God. Yeah. Capacity to hear from God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The capacity to hear from God. It's not just the written word, but also the rima word, the word that God speaks. When you say the word of God, you have the logos, which is the written word, and the rima, which is what God says to you in the present time. Those are the two words, interpreted words you know, in the Bible, or the two uh, uh, Greek words, interpreted words in the Bible. God speaks. God has spoken in his written word, and God also speaks on a daily basis. Noah developed the capacity to hear from God, to interpret the written word, where in his own days there were no written words, so he only had the spoken word. God spoke to him and he understood it. And was able to take instruction. Do you have the presence of mind to take instructions from God? God gave specifics as per the measurement of the ark. And Noah had the presence of mind to put everything down. Somebody say intelligent faith. Or tell your neighbor say intelligent faith. Noah could have said God drop, drop an ark from heaven. Let's enter it. Let's enter it. You can do all things. You can do all things. Just drop an ark from heaven. Make one. The angels will do it quickly. And then you people drop it. Unless we'll just file it. You know, just leave the work of convincing all these people for me. I'll convince that they'll come. But you see, this ark is too tedious. Or better still, the workings of intelligent faith demands good skill. It demands diligence. Which is what the average Nigerian will prefer that God will do. To just do everything. <laughs> you imagine if this contract, this project, eh, God has a project. If it's given to a Nigerian artisan, the ark, you, you won't find the ark. The ark will never float. Yeah. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying this to discredit us, I'm just saying reality. Yeah. This is what we're dealing with. Yeah. 
This is what, and sometimes we, we make religion to reinforce bad behavior. Yeah. If you are a carpenter, a furniture maker, even if you are elevation church member, you, are, you attend the elevation church, and you make a chair for me, it has four legs. Only three are touching the ground. There's one that's not touching. I will not patronize you again. It's simple. No sentiment that I'm your pastor. If I'm parting with money, I must get value. These are the mindsets that we have. You know it's only in church that somebody will do something. You know, because we are family. Yeah. Somebody will do something, you know, and you just say, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You know, it's okay if we bring children from junior church to come and sing here. And they, they just, they sang the song anyhow. We'll clap for them. But when we clap for adults, when they are missing keys anyhow, we are encouraging bad behavior. Yeah. We're encouraging bad behavior. Yeah. Yeah. We're encouraging, that's what I'm talking about. We're encouraging bad behavior. So that's why we need to challenge ourselves this year. That God wants us to engage faith that is intelligent, that is willing to, to make things happen on a large scale. What God committed into Noah's hand was not just something small. It was a great process. It requires a lot. In the first service I was sharing about the fact that the faith that some people are used to is the faith that can solve your personal problem for you. Which is, you have headache, the pastor lay hands, you have faith, God releases healing, and you are healed. What about engaging more intelligent faith that says, God, you can release to me the cause of this particular kind of headache. I will research the process, I will engage the process. I will create a cure for it. Yeah. That's why I said intelligent faith brings wholesale miracles. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I was sharing earlier about how I met this guy that has, a, I think he has a Nobel Prize, uh, Professor Mahmoud Yunus, the guy who started the idea of microfinancing. I met him a few years ago in, at Oxford in the UK. And the uh, guy was very short, a short man like this, and I was looking at him that, so this is the Mahmoud Yunus, Grameen Bank of Bangladesh, that's the name of his outfit. He's gone all over the world, he has a, he has a Nobel Prize. The, the, the eradicating poverty or reducing poverty started with this guy just engaging the process, writing everything down, trying it out with some market women who are making baskets. I don't know if you've read the story before. Today, microfinancing has become a phenomenon around the world and a major tool for the eradication of poverty. What are you writing down? Yeah. What is God telling you? How are you engaging the process? Habakkuk 2 and verse 2, it says, write the vision, make it plain on the table, that it may run that reads it. It's important that we all understand that God wants to use us on a more massive scale and it will require more things. Yeah, more effort. 
An intelligent faith engages the process. Engages the process. From the story of Noah, we can see that the activating intelligent faith will require that you learn to wait on God for clarity and more instructions. Noah had the capacity to hear God and stay with God. Perhaps he had never built an ark like that before. Neither has he seen rain before. By the way, if you haven't read that in your Bible before, before this period, it had never rained on the earth. That was why it was difficult for people to even believe that the earth was going to be flooded. The faith in this process was that Noah believed God, even though he had not seen rain before. And he was diligent enough to build this ark. Which ark will God put in your hand to build this year? And will you be diligent enough to hear him take instruction and build it? So there are ideas that will come clearer as you continue to press into the process like Abraham did, offering sacrifices to God, engaging God as he went on his way. Though he obeyed by faith, go to this place that I will show you. But as he was going, he was engaging God and he was getting more clarity as he went. Activating intelligent faith will also mean that we engage wisdom to follow through. Many people start many things, but they don't follow through. It took a level of intelligence for Noah to recognize all that he needed to do to achieve the process. To get gopher wood, to find pitch, or bitumen like it was called in, you know, in other translations, yeah. And you all know that bitumen does not exist everywhere. It meant that he had to do a bit of research on what God is telling him. Many people get business ideas from God and you're waiting for God to write your business plan for you. But you just feel God will do it whether there's business plan or not. That's not an intelligent faith. It's presumption. It's filled with assumptions that are unnecessary. Look at your neighbor for me and say amen to your neighbor. I see that there's a lot of silence here. Yeah. And when I'm looking at somebody's face, just say, Pastor, just leave us alone. God will do it. <laughs> I will not leave you alone. Praise God. I said, Praise God. So you look at the contemporary interpretation of the life of Noah. Yeah. The contemporary interpretation of the life of Noah. If you get an idea from God, you need to do more research. Talk to the right people. Read about the idea. Google it. That's the, simp- you know, the simplest thing to do. Has this existed before? Has anybody done anything about it? Yeah. How did they do it? I tell my prodigies, when, when you are on a project, when you are doing stuff, you need to... I mean, you, you need to imagine the number of churches I've visited in my life in different countries. Because if this is my calling, it must be done properly. And I must learn from other people's mistakes. It's foolishness to repeat mistakes. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. But there are many faith people, spirit-filled people, who are making mistakes I already made because they refuse to follow through an intelligent faith process. Intelligent faith also requires that you do your due diligence. Yeah. 
Do due diligence. Don't work with assumptions. Even if you have assumptions or things that are not clear yet, we know what we're trusting God for. Not that everything is just blank. And that reminds me of a story that, that I read in a book many years ago about uh, a group in a church like this. They wanted to have a mission outreach. So there was a suggestion that you go to a particular island and go and minister to the lost souls there. So they raised money in the church and then got people to volunteer, you know, to go on this mission outreach. And they pulled everything together. People brought material stuff. They had clothes new and used. They came up with, you know, drugs, different things. They're going there for mission. So they hired buses and traveled for kilometers. I mean, for hours, sorry. And when they got there, it's an island, so you had to get on the boat. So they hired this very massive, big uh, vessel to take them to the island. And it was when they had settled in on the boat that they said, let us pray. They prayed. And they said, okay, so um, uh, somebody now said, oh, the boatman, the driver of the boat. Um, so what, what kind of people live on the island? And can you give us an idea of how many people live on the island? Are there more children than adults? This was what they were supposed to have done before. Listen. The boatman looked at them and said, which island? He said, the one we are going now. Ah. He said, where are you from? He said, nobody lives on this island. Yeah. It's just a no man's land, you know. Sometimes people come to just explore for minerals and for different things. And some people just go there for sightseeing. But nobody lives there. There are no locals there. Nobody is there. In fact, on a day like this, you won't find a soap on this island. From this story, you realize that a lot of people shoot blanks in their pursuit of destiny because they are not painstaking enough to find out things, to to research things, and to engage processes doing due diligence in things that God has spoken to them about or things that people purportedly say God has spoken to them about. Also, intelligent faith requires a sense of shared responsibility. Yeah. That you are willing to say, God, who and who do I need to engage to make this thing work? Are you sending somebody to me? Are you directing me to a professional? Sometimes you don't know everything. But intelligent faith requires that you connect with a professional, connect with a mentor, connect with a consultant. Whether in the construction of the ark, the construction of the tabernacle, which Moses handled, we have many projects in the Bible. The Bible is replete with projects. Moses engaged a particular guy. Uh, um, what's his name again? The guy that was very good. Bezalel. Yeah. The Bible says he had very good skill in craft. God will send Bezalel to you. When your mind is open to engage a process of faith that is beyond just sporadic miracles. But divine interventions that come as when you need it, as you think through the process. 
So, there are areas where you may not be able to figure out everything. God wants to position people. As we pray this morning, I see God raising helpers of destiny. I see God raising help for you in every nation of the world. I see God raising help for you in your profession. People who are positioned to tell you what to do and to make your projects come out well. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Intelligent faith will also demand diligence, hard work, and attention to details. Yeah, attention to details. You can't work with God and not be hardworking. Noah did not do a shoddy job. If he did a shoddy job, we won't have this record today. We may not even know who Noah, who, who, who is Noah. Yeah. It was because everything panned out well that the record, we'd see how the record. Praise God. I said, praise God. So you have to be somebody who is willing to focus on doing a, a very diligent work. You know, God will not use miracle as a subsidy for hard work. That's what many people want. Yeah. So that when I've not played my part, God will just subsidize it. Yeah. They think that the anointing is a subsidy. Yeah. You know, the subsi- subsidy mindset is a bad thing. Everything must be subsidized. Yeah. I pray for you this year that as the hand of God comes upon you, it will first of all activate diligence in your heart and put the help of God upon you. Your hand will not be weak. Your mind will not be weak. You will not be timid. You will not be discouraged. In the name of Jesus. I cannot hear your amen. Amen. So if you need to read, it's time to engage reading. If you need mentoring, it's time to engage a mentor. You should ask yourself this year, part of my corresponding action should be What capacity development initiative do I want to engage? That's corresponding action for all the things that God wants to do through me and for me. What skill do I lack now that is very important to the fulfillment of my destiny that I need to engage? That's how how intelligent faith talks. Somebody wants three times what you earn right now as a salary. It's a good thing to wish for. But the people who earn that amount of money, have you seen their CV and what they do on a daily basis? Are you willing to engage at that level? It's very simple. So don't pray for God to just bring the money. Any, you, you, you want to remain the way you are with nothing changing, stay in your comfort zone, sleep like there's no tomorrow, you know, do everything, and then God will just give you triple your salary. <laughs> I know some people don't like what I'm saying today, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Because you need to, if you, if you are a supervisor right now at work, and all through this prayer and fasting time, you are praying for God to make you a manager this year, God will answer your prayer. Ah, you didn't say amen very well. Say the amen very well. But I know you know this is coming. But if there's a professional exam that you need to write, your corresponding action is that you should enroll for it. Yeah. Don't give the excuse that you don't have money. Your faith in God will produce the money. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. 
because this corresponding action for the fulfillment of destiny. You can't keep running away from corresponding action and continue to load the responsibility on God to always come true for you. Praise God. Lastly today, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. I just want you to go home with this. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. Glory be to Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 1 and uh, I'll read from verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. He said, for if these, these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that everything that you do will show great fruit, great profit, great reward. When you add, uh, time will not permit, but if you read the Amplified Translation of, of this passage, Amplified Classic, it actually mentioned add intelligence. Yeah. Where he was talking about knowledge, and, you know, and he said, add intelligence to your faith. Be willing to sweat it out. Be willing to take corresponding action. Be willing to add diligence to your faith. Be willing to add virtue and goodness and good skill and good understanding and research to your faith. Be willing to add business plan, marketing strategy to your faith. That's how intelligent faith works. That's the kind of faith that can deliver a whole generation from poverty. Somebody still with me today. I said, are you still with me today? Can you please stand on your feet as we pray? Stand on your feet, everyone, as we pray. Intelligent faith demands action. Action. James chapter 1 and verse 22 says that we should not be hearers only, but doers. Somebody needs to understand today that wisdom itself is action. The learned know, but the wise do. The difference between a person of knowledge and a person of wisdom is action. Action. One action is more important than 100 intentions. Just one action is more important than 100 intentions. Intentions are good, but actions are better. I want you to pray this morning. Every corresponding action that I need to take in 2019, I receive grace to step out. I receive grace to take those actions. Lift your voice to Jesus this morning.